You might be in the place of worship. You might be at home. You might be out in the wilderness. You might be who knows where. But the spirit of prophecy can still come upon you. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 158. Today's topic is a question. Can we be modern-day prophets? You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. As always, I am delighted that you have tuned in to listen today. I am so grateful that you're here. Recently, several listeners have asked me about how to be a prophet or wondering if it's possible for us to be prophets like the ones in the Bible. So today we're going to talk about being a prophet and what that means. A little over a year ago, I did an episode talking about this. It's episode 88, What It Takes to Be a Prophet. And I'll have that link in the show notes. And just to be transparent here, there's a tiny bit of overlap between episode 88 and today's episode, but what I have to share with you today is mostly some new ideas I've been thinking about because of questions from listeners. And just as an aside here, if you have a question or something you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, please let me know, email me. I would love to hear from you. At the end of the episode, I'll share the best way to get a hold of me. And you never know, your question may be the perfect topic for an episode in the future. So let's jump into this idea of being a prophet. Can we be modern-day prophets? Have you ever thought of yourself as a prophet? Have you ever thought it was even possible for you to be a prophet? We usually think if someone is going to be a prophet, it's going to be somebody else, not us. And we have this stereotype of prophets in the Bible predicting the future, issuing a warning to an evil king, or performing miracles of some sort. But to be a prophet doesn't necessarily mean you have to do all those things. Basically, to be a prophet in the Bible or today, you have to be able to hear God talking to you, to do what he tells you to do, and to say what he tells you to say, to whom he tells you to say it. To be a prophet means you have to set aside your personal opinions and listen to God for what to say and do. Even the prophets in the Bible had to do this. Remember when God told Samuel, who was a mighty prophet, to go to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons as the new king to replace Saul? 
You can read this whole story in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Basically, God says to Samuel, I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. That's 1 Samuel 16 verse 3. This is crucial to remember. God is going to tell Samuel what to do and who to anoint. How will Samuel know? Because Samuel will hear God's voice. He'll have a conversation with God. That's part of what being a prophet is all about, as I just said. Well, when Samuel gets to Jesse's house and he sees Jesse's oldest son, Eliab, oh, he was sure this must be the one God wanted to be the new king. He just must have looked the part, big and tall and strong and handsome. We don't know for sure, but God said to Samuel, and this is verse 7 of chapter 16 in 1 Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Samuel had to set aside his personal opinions of who he thought would be a good king. He was just judging the situation by the outward appearance of what the guy looked like. Samuel had to set aside his opinions about six more of Jesse's sons. Each one God rejected. Each time, even if Samuel thought this must be the one, he heard God say no. But God was true to his promise that he would tell Samuel what to do and who to anoint as king. And the moment that David comes into the room, God says, this is 1 Samuel 16, verse 12, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. I find a lot of comfort in this story. Yes, Samuel was a prophet of God, but he still had personal opinions which he had to set aside. It's a good lesson for us. Samuel was able to set aside his opinions and listen to God because ever since he was a child, he had cultivated the ability to hear God's voice and obey it. And he'd given his life to be of service to God. What if Samuel had not heard God's voice as to who should be anointed king? What if he had heard God's command not to anoint Eliab as king or any one of the other brothers, and done it anyway, instead of David, the results would have been disastrous for the emerging kingdom of Israel. But as far as Samuel was concerned, it would mean that he had not been acting as a prophet. So let's come back to this question, can you and I be modern-day prophets? Yes, I do believe this is possible. Now, you may be thinking, James, there is no way I can be a prophet like Samuel. Well, you're right in one sense. You cannot be like Samuel. Samuel was Samuel. You can only be you. You can only be a prophet to the degree you respond to the way God calls you. Samuel did what God told him. But you can be a prophet because you can listen to God's voice and do what God tells you to do. But is there anything in the Bible that says we can all be prophets? And how is that even possible? 
Well, the first story that comes to mind is when God tells Moses to select 70 elders of the people to receive the Spirit of God so that they can help him deal with the children of Israel who are out in the wilderness. You can read the whole story in Numbers chapter 11. I'm going to read just a few verses. This is Numbers 11, 24 through 29. This is the crux of this story, starting verse 24. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people, that there were going to be 70 people appointed as elders. He gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. That was the tent where the Ark of the Covenant was. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the seventy elders the same spirit that was upon Moses, and when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. And by the way, that word prophesy there simply means to speak inspiration, speak in an inspired way. They were saying what God was revealing to them. Verse 26 Two men, Eldad and Medad had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested upon them as well, so they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Interestingly enough, The Hebrew name Eldad means God has loved, and Medad means love or loving, affectionate. Verse 28, Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Now, let's look at this story of Moses and the 70 elders and see how it might apply to us. What if you were in Moses' situation? You might be pretty glad to have someone to share the leadership responsibilities with. When the 68 elders came to the tabernacle, it probably looked like all 70 of them were there. It was a holy moment when the Spirit of God came upon the elders and they started prophesying. What if you were one of the 68 who showed up at the tabernacle? And what would you have thought when you were first chosen to be one of the elders? How would this have changed the way you saw and valued yourself? It was an incredibly high honor. And when you were gathered at the tabernacle and looked around at the others, you probably would have assumed all 70 of you were there. When the Spirit of God came upon you, you began to prophesy. It was a sacred time. But now, imagine if you had been one of the two elders who stayed back in the camp and didn't go to the tabernacle. How would you have felt when you first learned you'd been chosen to be an elder? Pretty incredible, right? There must have been that same sense of expectation the other 68 felt. But then, on the appointed day, you did not go down to the tabernacle. Now, the Bible doesn't say why these two elders didn't come. Maybe an emergency came up. We just don't know. 
Have you ever had a very important event to go to or, or something really important to do, but at the last minute an emergency came up and made you miss that event and you had to deal with something completely unexpected? How did you feel when you realized you wouldn't be able to go to this important event? Now let's come back and imagine that you had been one of those two who stayed in the camp. When you realized you wouldn't be at the tabernacle like you were supposed to be, you might have felt you were going to miss out on everything. It might have been a very disappointing feeling. The 68 elders had gathered at the place of worship and sacrifice, and they received the Spirit of God. But the two men who were not at the tabernacle also received the Spirit of God and prophesied, just as the 68 did. Now, if you had been Eldad or Medad, how would you have felt when you realized that you did not miss out on the promise of receiving the Spirit of God? It would be a wonderful feeling. Now, think of the young man who ran to tell Moses that the two elders in the camp were prophesying. There was no judgment on his part. He was just relaying information. But look at how Joshua responded. He tried to squash the prophetic spirit of the two guys that stayed in the camp. Have you ever known someone like that who tries to put a damper on someone else's inspiration because it doesn't go along with their preconceptions? Unfortunately, it happens all the time. Just think of all the situations at church where someone has a new idea about how to deal with a situation or something completely new that you've never done before, and someone says, that's not the way we do it. Now, on a rare occasion, that might be the right response, but all too often when someone says, that's not the way we do it, they're just not being open to fresh ideas and fresh inspiration, and it squashes a potentially wonderful new approach to something. The good news here is that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of prophecy, doesn't follow human rules and regulations. It doesn't go along with our opinions and preconceptions. There's no geographical boundary. You might be in the place of worship. You might be at home. You might be out in the wilderness. You might be who knows where. But the Spirit of prophecy can still come upon you. Now, there are a lot of people today who call themselves prophets. I've seen people, and I know a few, that use this title in their social media. How many of them are just self-appointed prophets? Or how many of them truly have been called by God to prophesy? Well, that's not my place to say, but just because someone calls himself a prophet doesn't mean they actually are one of God's prophets. But if you really are a prophet, you don't need to tell anyone. People will figure it out because of the way you live your life. Samuel didn't go around saying, look at me, I'm a prophet because I heard God's voice when I was a kid. Elijah and Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, or any of the others didn't go around saying, I'm a prophet. People knew they were prophets because of the way they conducted their lives and the way they obeyed God. So, can you and I be prophets today? Is it possible for everyone to be a prophet, or is it just for a select few? Well, I always come back to what Moses said to Joshua, and I've quoted this already. 
Numbers 11:29, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. And I love this verse from Joel 2:28. God says to the prophet Joel, this is God talking, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike. This is really quite remarkable. We need to remember this and pay attention. God says there is no gender barrier, no age barrier, no social status barrier to who receives the spirit of prophecy. These two verses from Joel are pretty all-inclusive. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So never assume that you are not capable of being a prophet of the Lord. Never start with the premise that you're not good enough to be a prophet. As I said earlier, it's so easy to think that someone else should fill this role of prophet, but I encourage you to cherish your innate ability to hear God's voice, to see what he reveals to you and follow his guidance. God has created you capable of this. When you dedicate your life to God, in whatever way that might be, It's about humility and letting go of your personal opinions and perspectives and only doing and saying what God tells you to. Now, we don't do that every moment of every day, but it begins with a moment here and a moment there of listening to and obeying God. And that's fine. Cherish these moments and let them multiply in your life. So what does it really mean to be a prophet? Well, it's no surprise, Jesus sets the standard for what prophecy is all about. In John 7:24, he says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. That sounds almost like he's quoting what God told Samuel about how people judge according to the outward appearance of things, but God looks on the heart. This is the true spirit of prophecy, to judge righteous judgment instead of looking at the outward appearance of things. Every time you do that, you are being a prophet. Jesus followed his own advice. He always listened for what God was telling him instead of believing what was on the surface or outward appearance of things. And as in all things, Jesus wants us to follow his example. So, listen to God. Pray for your spiritual eyes to be open so you can see what God reveals. Be humble, but be bold as well. Take a moment right now and think of a particular situation or challenge in your life that you're facing. It could be something personal, something at church, something at work, in your family, your community, or even the world, but something that's of special concern to you. Now, the first step is to set aside, and this is not always easy, set aside your personal opinions and perspectives on what you think is right or wrong in this situation. Okay, set that aside. Ask God what he thinks about this situation instead of trying to justify and explain what you think. 
Ask God what He sees. Ask God what He's doing. Ask God how He is loving everyone involved. And then hold on to what God says to you. Hold on to what God reveals to you. Even if it doesn't make much sense at the time, He knows what He's doing. And you never know how much good you may do when you put yourself in God's hands and go where He leads. The world needs your spiritual vision, this spirit of true prophecy that you have and can bring to bear in a given situation. Human opinions will never bring healing to the world, but your prophetic spirit will. You are a prophet of the Lord. You are an answer to Moses' prayer that he wished all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Whenever you are filled with the Holy Spirit, even if just for a minute, whenever you hear God, whenever you say and do what God impels you to, you are a modern-day prophet. Thank you so much for being here today and listening. I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You might know someone who would really appreciate today's message. If you have any questions or comments about anything in today's episode or anything about the Bible in general, I would love to hear from you. The best way to contact me is on my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and I'll be in touch. I really look forward to hearing from you. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast or if you haven't subscribed yet, I encourage you to do so. Go again to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you're all set. And I will send you a special prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. As always, in the show notes page on the website for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible references mentioned. Just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 158. This is episode 158. Scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see the Bible references there. I always like to take a moment here and thank you for all the ways that you have been supportive of the podcast. I have some really cool news. There are now people in 150 countries who have listened to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. That's up from 148 just a couple of weeks ago. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Thank you so much for sharing it with your friends and getting the word out there. That's all for this week. I want to thank you again for being here and being supportive. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless.